0: Hey, everybody, grab your Bible, your journal, and a pencil, and maybe even a cup of coffee. And I would like for you to write this down Genesis 3, verses 8 through 10. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Write This
1: Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, and I am Dot's daughter. And every week, we sit down together, and we talk through truths and scripture. And in this episode, we are continuing the conversation going through Genesis 3. And last week, we talked about asking the question, where are you? And this week, we asked the question, who am I? And I got to be honest, I kind of just figured out who I was in this episode. (laughs) So we are really glad that you're here. So pull up a chair and listen in.
0: Kara, today we are going to extend our conversation that we had last week where we were in Genesis 3. I like that conversation. That was a fun one. I did too. Yeah. But today we're going to uh, discuss the other question that God said to Adam and Eve. And it was, Who told you that you were naked? And that's very important that we, you know, think about some of the things that people have said to us. And because of their sin and because they disobeyed God, what they did is they hid themselves. And they hid themselves in the garden. And so often we as um, believers start hiding in our world, in the world around us. It's what people think about us. It's what people label us to be. You know, mm. we hear these engrams. You talk about them all the time. <laughs> and, and and they're fine. I mean, they're a good way of, you know, kind of figure out why you think or why you respond in certain ways or what's motive you know, helps to clarify a little bit about that. But so often, the negative part of that is people start identify themselves that I'm a seven, or I'm um, a three, or two, or one, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And they begin to find their identity. With that. Right? Well, I think it's like anything. It's like you can
1: identify in the fact that you're an introvert or an extrovert, or I'm right. just, I'm stubborn, or I'm just loud, or I'm just, uh, you know, whatever it may be. So yeah, I mean, I think, I'm not trying to defend the Enneagram, but I mean, it has been helpful for me to realize why I do the things I do so that I can really stop hiding.
0: But you just said it. It helps me to identify some of the things I do, some of the things that I'm motivated by, but that's not who you are. No, right. The fact that you are a child of God is your identity. That's where it's so difficult because it's so hard to separate what we do versus who I am. I think it's a difference of, so, you know, me being a
1: seven as you are as well, I run from pain and instead of, you know, just accepting like, well, that's just who I am. I run from pain and, you know, don't like negativity. It's using that and say like, no, like I can, I can face pain because of the strength that God has given me or God will heal me. Or, you know, like I can enter that as a child of God, it's like, that would be the difference. Am I right or wrong? You're not right or wrong. (laughs) I just, (laughs) well, I just mean like, that's the difference. It's like not identifying as like, I'm not identifying as like, well, this is just who I am. I just do this thing, or I'm just this person, you know, that does, you know, this habitual thing. But it's looking at that and be like, okay, well, maybe I'm using my fear of pain to hide myself in a relationship or in a situation so that I don't get hurt instead of bringing my full self
0: to a relationship. That's true. But that, again, is something you're doing. It's so hard because we live in a world where everything is based on what you do. And so we begin to identify with that, whether it's like, well, you're an introvert or you're an extrovert, or you are someone that likes to play sports. Oh, I don't like to play sports. And so we begin to sometimes to identify ourselves like that. I hear people say, I say, you know, well, tell me who you are. Well, I'm a basketball player, or I'm, I love to swim. I'm like, no, that's what you do. I don't know that I know that who I am then. <laughs> I'm glad we're here. <laughs> I'm glad we're talking about this. Because I can tell you this. There are some people listening today. They don't know who they are. It took me years and years and years. So who are you? I am a child of God. But there's got to be more to it, right? Is there more to <laughs> being a child of God?
1: Well, I just mean, <laughs> I just mean like, not like there's more like that's not enough. I just mean,
0: that's just. That's That's just who I am. I am a child of God. There's no other, nothing off that? Nope. But (laughs) the other taglines I can attach to myself is, I am married. That's a status. I have children. I'm a mother. That's something that I produce children. Okay, so you produce children. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I birthed (laughs) a child,
0: I birthed three children, but so many people think their identity and their worth is that they're moms. And And you can tell if they're hiding behind being a mom because they're going to try to be a super mom. And if their children act up and they are not the godly children that the world expects a mother to raise, then they take so much grief. They they they're so stressed out because their children is not acting in the way that they feel like they should, and so they take upon themselves. Well, it's like they, that's why they take it personal because their identity. Yes, they okay, take so, it on themselves. They take it personally.
1: So let's break this down because clearly, I'm just now realizing. <laughs> I don't know who you are Um, and I
0: failed as a mother obviously (laughs)
1: because I knew that I just thought there was like I'm a child of God like there's got to be something like there's got to be another sentence I feel like I should say
0: you know what I mean. I am a child of God and that's enough that's all I need to be so
1: how do we live out like practically speaking let's use a scenario that you just said with the mom and their child's acting out how do you live out of that My
0: self-worth is not based on how my children turn out. My self-worth is because Jesus loved me and He thought that I was worth giving His life for. And so because of His love for me, because He is a holy God and He wanted me and He died for me, that determines my self-worth because I am a child of God. Now, because I'm a child of God and I have God, and my kids turn out to be a prodigal, you know, or they're walking away from God. Instead of taking it personally, I, as a child of God, say, God, these children are yours, just like I am yours, and you're mine. And so I'm asking you to change the heart of these children. I'm asking you to go after my children, just like you did your children. You know, I don't understand why we get so bent out of shape when our kids are not walking with God and we think it's our fault when God, who was a perfect father, had two children that sinned against Him. So we can know that our self-worth and our value doesn't come from being a mom because what about that woman that cannot be a mom? What about that woman that cannot birth children? Mm-hmm. She's still a very valuable, worthy person because God loved her. She's made in His image.
1: I mean, I can speak from experience. You know, I'm 36 and I don't have I have dog children. I don't have human children, and I do struggle with that. It's like I feel sometimes I feel like maybe I don't bring as much worth to the world because. I know that's a lie. I'm just saying
0: that is a lie I struggle with because I don't. But it is a lie. Yeah, that's right. Right. You're deceived by that because Mm -hmm, the world's telling you that. And he's telling you that your worth and who you are and what makes you valuable is based on what you do. And so you're looking for your identity. You want to look to the fact that you are a child of God. Then you start from that place. And because you're a child of God... God may have gifted you with athletics. He might have gifted you with academic. You know, he, he has ways of gifting His children, and we're all different. But it doesn't mean that we're less valuable. We have so
1: defined the "who are you" question with action, and and that doesn't disregard our gifts. I'm just repeating what I'm just re-emphasizing mm-hmm. and repeating what you just said. But it's, and I think that, yeah, I mean, I anyway, I'm just like, for some reason, it's just now clicking in a way that it has never clicked
0: before. <laughs> Glad we do this
1: podcast. <laughs> I, again, it's nothing new. It's like, oh, I, I knew that that's who I was. But in terms of practically speaking, like how to live in day to day life, like so many, I mean, that lie of I'm not enough, or I am too much. That is such a common I mean, I've dealt with that Mm -hmm. so much in my life, more so that I'm not enough. But, and sometimes it doesn't feel like it's enough to just say, well, I'm a child of God. I mean, if we're honest, like if I was going to be honest with where I am, I mean, I don't feel like that in this moment, but there have been seasons where I have felt like that. Like, well, that's not enough just to to say that. And I have walked away from the Lord. I mean, you know that. So you as Mm -hmm. a mom have dealt with a child, a prodigal child.
0: And you know what? I'll, I'll just address that because I have. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this or not, but you said to me, Mom, I don't want you to take this personally, that you have been a great mom. Do you remember saying that to me? I do not remember that. I kind of blocked that
1: whole season out of
0: my mind. No. But. Well, I remember it because God spoke through me, and when He did, I knew He had said it, and I didn't. And it's those aha moments, Mm -hmm. because I looked at you and I said, Kara, I don't take it personally when you are sold out to God, when you've given your life totally to Him, and I don't take it personally when you walk away from Him. Mm -hmm. I don't make you godly, and I don't make you ungodly. And so as believers and as women of God— that are looking for identity, that are looking for their self-worth, that are looking for significance in life, that are looking for a way to bring value to yourself, you have to distinguish what brings value to me is Jesus. Mm -hmm. He died. He paid a price for me. It's almost like we have to constantly be going back to that gospel,
1: not that, to the gospel, because... When the moments when I think we have to constantly remind ourselves of why being a child of God is enough, like period, we don't need another sentence because we just forget. You know, we we're prone to wander, and I think if we mm-hmm. continually remind ourselves of who died for us, who Jesus is, who God is, what that means to be a child of God, like we don't either we don't know what that means or we forget what that means
0: to truly be a child of God. And the world is going to tell us differently. Mm -hmm. The world is going to tell us that we're somebody if we, and you fill in the blank, if you go to college, if you have your master's degree, if you're athletic, if you have money, if you have looks, if you have position, if you have power, all of these things, these are the gods of the world. Mm -hmm. And so often we... We place our value on the things that either we can do or the things that we have or our circumstances. Look what I've achieved, look what I've done today. So many people feel so bad because they don't get anything accomplished that day. They do their to do I struggle mean, with that. Yeah. Well, I mean I have to admit I do too. But <laughs> I have to remind myself that, you know, I have giving my life to God. And I say, God, what are we going to do today? So I get up in the morning and I'm like, God, what's my agenda for the day? And I want to be sensitive to his leading. And if I don't get everything done, but I'm not, you know, wasting time, I'm not sitting around just watching my social media. Well, you know, you're not, I'm not doing that. But, you know, if I'm not doing anything that's would be taking me away from something that I know that God wants me to do, mm-hmm. but I'm really sensitive to wanting to do what God would have for me and I get a phone call and someone is hurting and they need to chat or one of my kids are needing to talk with me may not be what was on my to-do list today, but Mm -hmm. I knew that that moment of this appointment that God said, I want you to go and talk to this person. I want you to go and do this. You just never know. Right. And it's to rest. I mean, I had that moment on
1: Saturday. I had, I have so much I needed to do around my house and I haven't been home in Nashville for a f- few weekends. And anyway, but I had a friend, she just said, so frankly, she was like, maybe you just need to sit on the couch and, you know, watch football and just, I mean, kind of have be. a Sabbath. Yeah. And just be, maybe your body needs the rest. And I was like, oh, I think you might be right. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. I do need that. And then I got more done the next day. And so yeah, it's like sometimes it's... Because we
0: have attached our value or who we are based on what we do and what we get accomplished. We don't realize what is happening or what we don't get accomplished, that kind of thing. I, I know that for so many of us, it's like Adam and Eve, they hid In their garden, they hid behind these fig leaves, their busyness. As soon as they began to feel ashamed and feel naked because of their sin, they got busy. That's what we do. We so often just start getting busy, and we run not only from God, but we run from ourselves. So back to the question of how we can use God to run away from God Mm -hmm. I see that often in the church. I see that with women that are in every Bible study, and I'm all about Bible studies, uh, every kind of ministry, they're just, you know, on the board of four or five different ministries. They're in church all the time, and they really have neglected their family. They've neglected their health. They're neglected, who they are. They're being able to be more identified with. She's just a doer. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm a Martha, but she's a doer, and you're a Martha. And I think, no, why do we applaud Martha? Jesus didn't. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, Mm -hmm. why are you so busy? Why are you so worried about everything? Mm -hmm. Mary has chosen the better. So, you know, we think about Mary. You know, the two sisters, and how that Mary was set at Jesus's feet. And we have written a lot of Bible studies, and I've read a lot of Bible studies, I've heard a lot of preaching about you're either a Martha or a Mary. And in reality, what Jesus said is Mary has chosen the better thing. So the Martha. And the Mary was based on a choice.
1: Right. Well, and it's interesting because it's obviously it's not bad or wrong or disobedient to not do. Obviously, that's not what you're saying. No. But I think it kind of goes back to what you're saying of like, but it all comes back to the foundation of who you are. Doing what you're doing out of who you are, not to get worth or not to get Applause or not to get significance or not to hide or not to, you know, whatever it may be, but it's doing it out of I know who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm going to rest in that. And then I will do these things. Right. And it probably won't be as much as, you know, <laughs> 10 Bible and studies. And I find or whatever, my but... value.
0: That's right. And I find my value because I'm a child of God, not because I'm doing for God. Right. And I think that we as believers and I think we as women, so often have attached our value based on what we do. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is where we need to step back and say, am I hiding behind all the things that I'm doing because I'm afraid of rejection, that if somebody Mm -hmm. really got close to me, they wouldn't like me. And in reality, Mm -hmm. when we're hiding, we're not even close to ourselves. We're hiding from ourselves. And so we don't know who we are. Right. Well, and I
1: think if we like got honest, it goes back to what we said last week. Like if we're honest with ourselves, because I would think, you know, maybe 80% of the people listening may be like, yeah, like I know that in my head, you know, like, oh yeah, I know Mm -hmm. I'm a child of God or, but it's putting it into practice day in, day out, moment by moment. How are you, where are you in those moments? Are you living out of that? Or are you, you know, and I think if we got honest with ourselves, I, I'm speaking, I'm talking to myself in this, but it's how many moments of the day am I living
0: out of resting in who I am and not trying to hide or prove something, mm-hmm. prove something to yourself or prove something to someone else that you are worthy to be chosen, you're worthy to be pursued you're worthy to be loved. And I think that when you begin to really know that you are a child of God, you don't have to prove something, you just are. You know, I've Mm -hmm. said this so many times when y'all were kids about, well, you know, mom, I just wanna be cool. I'm like, cool people are just cool.
1: Oh yeah, I remember that. I like actually, I think about that so often because sometimes, especially if I'm like, oh, I don't wanna be perceived this way or oh, I didn't mean for that comment to come across this way or that way. And I had zero intention of it coming across that way. And I would think of that. And I'm not talking about like a mean comment. It's just like, oh, I don't want them to think I was like being intense or I don't know. I can't think of it a specific example, but I would think that so often of like, or I don't want them to think I was taking advantage of this situation or something. I don't know. It's like, well, I wasn't trying to take advantage of that. And I was genuinely just being myself and just resting that. Like I wouldn't have, I didn't do anything
0: wrong, you know? And, and, you know, you you just are. You don't have to try to prove something. And I think that when we're hiding from ourselves or we don't know who we are and we're looking for things to identify who we are versus the fact that we are a child of God, then we are concerned about what we say. And I think you should watch what you say. Right. That's not what I'm saying, but it's
1: like when I can overthink of like, oh, I don't want them to perceive this motivation it's more of that you know like oh Mm -hmm. i don't want them to think my motivation was this or
0: that and it wasn't at all (laughs) and and i and i would say to you if it wasn't then don't worry about it right you know your own heart and you know you cannot change what someone else thinks or what they want to think
1: right you do what you it's like what you either apologize or you you know like whatever Mm -hmm. it may be it's it's not up to you and just resting
0: in who you are and that is the key. I think that as I've been looking at Genesis 3 again and looking at where are you and God, you know, wanting to Adam and Eve to repent and confess where they are. And then He said, who told you you were naked? And He said, this is, you know, a huge, powerful statement. Who told you that? Mm-hmm. And it's like so often we let other people's words identify us and we begin to find our identity based on some comments that other people have said we find our identity based on how people view what we do whether we get the applause or not it's almost like if this if we were in
1: Genesis 3 in this moment if God was like who told you that you weren't enough or who Mm -hmm. told you that you were too much or who told you that you weren't doing enough or who told you that in order to love me, you needed to do 10 Bible studies, or who, to, you know, like if we think
0: about it in that sense of, you know, who told you X, whatever that mm-hmm. is. And that's where we have to really identify mm-hmm. because we know who told Adam and Eve, it was their sin and their shame. And so when they began to feel things that they had never felt, they began to hide behind those feelings. And they began to hide behind that they had sinned. And they began to blame each other. They began to accuse each other of why they did what they did. And so they began to hide behind their behavior, their world.
1: Well, it makes sense if you think about it if your worth and your identity is coming from what you're doing it makes sense why we do get so defensive at times or why we start to accuse or blame like Adam and Eve did and just like you're, you used the example earlier with you know mom and the in kids like it makes
0: sense logically you know mm-hmm. but when you're in that moment it's hard to really recognize it so oh, for sure. as you said as you said earlier how can we know that well there's just this Accusations often, how we feel that we've been accused, we feel lonely, we feel unseen, we feel like people misunderstand us. And so as we begin to walk through life, we find ourselves so running from those feelings and those moments of feeling like, I don't want to be misunderstood, I don't want to be rejected, I don't want to feel like I'm not enough. And so we run and we hide and we usually hide behind the things that we think that's going to make us look good. Now Adam and Eve made themselves little fig leaves. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I'm sure that they did a great job. But God was looking at them and going, No, you can't hide behind the fig leaves. You can't hide behind your busyness. I know where you are and I know who you are and you are mine and I am going to redeem you I'm going to uh, shed blood I'm going to kill an animal I'm going I'm going to clothe you and it was God that clothed Adam and Eve and even though he sent them out of the garden into a very evil world it wasn't long that Eve really realized her sin because she ended up losing a son, murdered, and she realized sin is not a lot of fun. Sin is deadly for the wages of sin is death. Something always dies when we sin. So when we are hiding behind these things of what we do or what people think about us or our fear or our shame, then we begin to lose ourselves. And that's where it's really dangerous. And so God came looking for them. He said, you have to know where you are, and you have to know what you've done, and you have to know whose you are. You're my child. It's like he's saying, let me remind you, yeah, that you are, you are my you child. You are loved. You are loved. You're my child. Now, for Adam and Eve, he killed an animal and the blood you know, was, um, you know, covered them. But for us, it was Jesus. It was the Lamb of God. And His blood is what covers us. And that's what makes us worthy. And when the world tries to to accuse us that we're not enough, when the world tries to mold us to be something that we're not, when the people around us tries to identify us or define who we are we have to stop and we have to say no i'm not gonna let this thing or these circumstances or these people to define who i am i am a child of god and nothing can come against that nothing
1: Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, Dot Bowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.